Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to your weekly episode of Dirty Talk After Hours. This is episode 126. Since it's an even-numbered episode, it is going up on our regular podcast feed. If you want to get every single weekly episode, you know what you can do? Tell them what they can do, Rain. They can join the Patreon, and that way you are guaranteed to get all of the episodes. Yes, every episode coming at you every Monday. Go on over to patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast and sign up to be a Patreon. Come join our community, and you'll hear every single one of these in your ear holes every week. That's some gold for your ears, my friends. I had something strangely serendipitous happen to me yesterday. You have piqued my interest, and I like some serendipity. What do you got for me? I don't know if I've mentioned this on this show before, but my mom has dementia. She's had it for quite a number of years. Many. (laughs) Yeah. She's been at a memory care facility. We are going to be moving her to a new facility that is over in Vallejo, which for those of you who don't know California probably doesn't mean much. The reason why I say that is because I was on my way over there yesterday to set up her new place at the memory care facility there. And if you do know Vallejo, you know that one of the only ways to get there from where I was coming from is Highway 37, which is basically a two-lane highway that runs straight through these wetland marshes. And there's nothing on either side except for water and Without fail, you're guaranteed to get stuck behind some tractor trailer going 40 miles an hour. And of course, every time I get on this road, I have to pee right away. It's a curse. Naturally, But since there's nowhere, there's not even like really a shoulder. If there's an accident on this road, then there's nowhere to go. The traffic would back up forever because there's essentially nowhere to go except for water on either side. Your bladder cannot destroy everyone else's commute. No, 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 no. And of course, I'm getting to the point where I'm dancing in my seat because I have to pee so bad. I'm sure that you've been in that situation before where you're just kind of wiggling, trying to do whatever you can to take your mind off of it. But that's the only thing you can focus on. I just needed to get out of the car and pee and stop doing this sitting in the car, pee dance in the seat. (laughs) The very first exit off of 37 is to this place called Mare Island, which was a naval base back in the day. And they've since decided to convert it into housing like they've been doing with a lot of naval bases. But I knew that there are still a number of abandoned areas there. There's tons of abandoned buildings. I would love to break into them someday. Not that I'm ever breaking and entering into abandoned places. No, that's that you're in no way confessing to illegal activities. Or encouraging anybody to do that. But I've driven past these buildings that it looked like they would be fun places to explore. If you stumbled into one accidentally and it wasn't your fault, like if you tripped yes. and you like fell through an open door and then accidentally explored on your way back out through the open door, that wouldn't be your fault. Yeah. If I pulled over and I was peeing and I peed on a door and somehow magically my pee opened the door and I could just walk in, possibly I would do that. Unfortunately, this day, there was nowhere I could pull over because there were people all over the place with trash bags and little pincher trash picker-upper things. And there was nowhere I could pull over because even all the abandoned buildings were being swarmed by people walking around them, picking up trash. So I had nowhere to go. I was about to turn around. I found this one point where I could turn around and head back the direction I could come to see if I could find someplace else on my way out of this area. 
And right there at the intersection, sitting all lonesome by itself in a parking lot right in front of me was, can you guess? Um, Elvis? No. And it wasn't a porta potty because I would have been happy to see a porta potty. That would have well. been, yeah. That would have been serendipitous. No, it was the Batmobile. Okay, the Batmobile in Vallejo. That's unusual. That's unusual. Like, I'm just trying to, like, I've been to Vallejo, and of all the places that immediately come to mind where you would run into the Batmobile, yeah. Vallejo's not really high on the list. No, it's not. And it's, it was, so it was the original Batmobile, the original Adam West Batmobile from the 1960s, which was, in my opinion, the coolest Batmobile. And <laughs> did you get pictures? Of course I got pictures. So I see the Batmobile sitting there just in the parking lot of this other abandoned building. I was like, what the hell is going on? Super random. So, of course, I turn off and I go and park and walk over. And it's it's weird because you would think that there would be crowds of people just standing around. There's just this one lone guy standing there. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, is this the Batmobile? And he's like, yeah, it's the Batmobile. I was like, what are you doing out here? And what he explained was that the city of Vallejo was putting on an Earth Day event and people were wandering around. That's why there were so many people wandering around with trash bags because they were all out there in this abandoned wilderness, basically picking up trash. This is why I could not pee anywhere because they were all out there. But the other reason the Batmobile was out there was because all these people were out there and the city of Vallejo thought, hey, it would be fun if this was here and people could come and take a look at it. It would encourage them to come out and celebrate Earth Day by picking up trash if, as a sweet bonus, we can bring in an OG Batmobile. Yeah. And I didn't know this. I talked to the guy a little bit about it, but it lives in Vallejo. Did you still have to pee while you were talking to this guy? Magically, I stopped <laughs> having to pee the moment I got out of the car and because the moment I decided, hey, I'm going to turn off here and just go and park real quick and take a look at the Batmobile, I didn't have to pee anymore. It has that magic power. It's, it's wow. basically, it's essentially, if you get distracted by something enough, yeah. your mind yeah, just gets taken away from that. Because it's at like one minute, it's the only thing I can think of. And the next minute, I was like, that's the fucking Batmobile. What is that doing <laughs> out here in the middle of nowhere? Uh-huh. So yeah, the whole time I was looking at it, of course, I got pictures of it. I took pictures with it. Only thing I didn't get to do was sit in the seat of the Batmobile because that would be cool having pictures of me sitting in the seat of the original Batmobile. Was that an option on the table that you could sit inside or were they trying to preserve it from wear and tear? I didn't ask. I should have asked. Right. If you ask for something, your chances of getting it are much higher. But it occurs to me that they could also say, we're trying to minimize butts on this OG seat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if everybody were to sit in the seat of the Batmobile that wanted to sit in the seat of the Batmobile, then it would yes. it would take away the luster of the leather. And this thing, <laughs> this thing was pristine. Yes. I, yeah, they, yeah. They, I, I, mean, they don't, I don't think they anybody even drives it. They kept it pristine by keeping butts out of it, my friend. Yeah. They probably just load it up on a truck and drive it yeah. around to where it needs to go. Right next to it was this yellow Volkswagen Bug. So the guy that was standing with it, I guess he owned them. And he's like, oh, here, I'll take your picture with it if you want. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And he's like, do you want your picture with the bug? I was like, it's a yellow Volkswagen bug. But he's like, oh, no, but that's the yellow bug that they use for the Transformers movie. That's Bumblebee. I was like, okay. Not quite Not, as iconic yeah. as the Batmobile. And nobody, and, and there was a couple other people that came trickling up. And it was like, oh, it's a Batmobile. And nobody else paid attention to the bug. And I'm like, yeah, it could just be any random beat up looking Volkswagen bug. 
No, no, it's guaranteed. That's that's the original that's, one. That is the movie star bug that's right there. Bumblebee. Although, in all fairness, I am a big Transformers fan from way back in the 80s when I was a kid. I used to love to watch the Transformers, and I was excited when the Transformers movie came out. Michael Bay ruined the Transformers. I'm just, that's my opinion. In your opinion. That's, I mean, not that I go back and watch the cartoons now as an adult. They weren't very good. The logic is missing in a lot of them. No, I'm shocked. <laughs> true, but Truly, still, I'm in shocked. my opinion, Michael Bay completely ruined the Transformers, so I really couldn't care. I humored him. I took a picture in front of the the bug because it was his, and I didn't want to. You didn't make want him feel the bad. bug to feel excluded. Well, I didn't you know? want him to feel bad. He was like, "Oh, you want to take a picture in front of my bumblebee as well?" I was like, "No, I don't really care." It's just, I mean, just like sitting next to an iconic car like the Batmobile. So in honor of me just randomly stumbling upon this iconic cultural artifact out in the middle of nowhere, I have decided that my two things I am going to do this week, I am connecting to Batman in some way, in homage. First thing, what does Batman do? Kick ass and take names? Yes, he kicks ass and takes names. Well, ostensibly... Batman is going out every night to do what? Fight crime. Fight crime. You've got it. Some politicians in Georgia are also trying to fight crime by what? What does it involve peaches? It does not involve peaches, even though this is Georgia. They are trying to end daylight saving time. Um, okay, I can get behind that. It seems kind of impractical, and also not all the states do daylight savings anyway. And even though I've never had any issues, I know that that single hour really messes some people up. Well, it does. I'm completely in favor of doing away with daylight saving time because they have shown that it doesn't save energy whatsoever. It actually has negative health effects for people. There's no real economic gain from it, and it causes more accidents on the road whenever the clocks change. We here at Dirty Talk After Hours are against daylight savings. It's daylight saving, by the way. I just let you know I looked it up because I wasn't sure, but it is daylight saving, not daylight savings. It is daylight saving. There's no S? Oh, it is daylight saving. Well, I learned something. I still continue to be against daylight saving. But I learned something, that there isn't an S on the end of it. There's no such thing as daylight savings time. That is all I've been mispronouncing it my entire life up until now. Yeah, I was too. I was, that's why I was confused about it. And I wanted to find out, is is it daylight saving or savings? But yeah, it technically is daylight saving time. We take research very seriously here at Dirty Talk After Hours. We do. Here is what I found in my research about this bill that was just signed by Governor Kemp. One of the sponsors of the bill claims that this bill will fight crime because, and I quote, here's what he said, criminals like the cloak of darkness, so they have one less hour in the evening to commit their crimes. Hence proving that almost anybody could get elected to public office. And I assume this man... Representative Wes Cantrell went to college, but yet he is still under the opinion that if we stop changing the clock back 
it will take an hour of daylight away from criminals on which they could go and do their criminal acts. Everybody knows that nefarious types operate best under cloak of darkness. They do. It's what helps hide their evil ways. It's true. And hopefully these clever criminals will figure out, I just wait to go out one hour more and then I can still have just as much dark time as light time because you're not changing the length of the day. You're just changing the clock arbitrarily. Right. That's, I think, a little too much logic for this poor Georgian Republican. He's overwhelmed. He's out of his depths. He can't logic that hard. Don't Mm. ask that much of him. He can't. I take heart because it means that if I ever wanted to, I could possibly get elected to office because if these kind of people can get elected to office, then there's hope for all of us. My second item. Hmm. Batman is also known as... The Prince of Darkness? No, that's Satan. (laughs) I know that Batman is not the Prince of Darkness. I was being whimsical. Plus, he's got pointy ears. Those are suspicious. I'm saying at night, when he's swooping around with his cape and his pointy ears, you know. I understand how if someone was squinting, they could maybe get confused. That's all I'm saying. Well, both of them are mythical creatures that don't exist. Right. See, there you go. Which I guess is redundant because if they're mythical, then of course they wouldn't exist. It's it's kind of like assless chaps. That, <laughs> that is redundant. But saying chaps just doesn't have quite the same sweet joy that falls off the tongue as assless chaps. Because you want to put that vision in someone's mind of somebody's ass just hanging out while wearing the chaps. Of course. Yes, because that's correct. chaps that cover your ass are just pants, right? <laughs> Well, like bell bottoms, I would say they're, you know, because because of the cut. But yes, pretty much. Back to my question. (laughs) Not the Prince of Darkness, but you're close. The Night Terror. (laughs) Wasn't that? No, that that wasn't Richard Ramirez. He was the the Night Stalker. What was the name of Christopher Nolan's second Batman film in which Heath Ledger played the best Joker? The best Joker. Oh, oh, oh. I have the answer. I know the answer. And it was? It is The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. And do you know what else is dark? (laughs) Nighttime is dark? Night is dark. What is the darkest thing in the world that we have talked about previously on our podcasts? The inside of your butthole. Uh, Yeah, it's like a black hole in there, right? There's no light (laughs) escapes. No, it is not my... Is it Vanta is... Okay, if it's not the inside of your butthole, then it has to be Vanta Black. Yes, it is Vanta Black. For those of you who do not know, Vanta Black is the darkest substance on Earth. It is claimed that it absorbs 99.965% of all visible light that hits it. Dark. Very dark. Extremely Dark. dark. As we all know how color works... The only reason why something has color is because it absorbs all the colors except for the color that it radiates back out at you, and that's why you perceive it to have color. Whereas black, it's basically not reflecting any color back at you, so it appears to be black. So this stuff is blacker than black. It is Vanta black because it absorbs nearly 100% of color. It's the blackest black. It is basically goth black. Yes, What has happened within the last week is they have a new color out, which is what? 
the orangest orange that ever did orange. <laughs> this is this is so orange. This is so much orange than the other orange I've ever seen. Uh, is it the whitest white? It is the whitest white. Scientists have come up with the whitest white, which reflects ninety eight percent of all sunlight. So as opposed to Vanta Black, which absorbs all the light, this reflects it. This white also has potential to help with climate change. Do you know why? No, but I am very into anything that would help our rapidly melting planet. So how in the hell does this help with climate change and why aren't we doing it immediately? Well, the paint will be available to general public soon for use. There has been a push for what's called cool roofs. They want to start painting a lot of the roofs in urban areas white because they will reflect sunlight. It'll keep it cooler. The more sunlight we reflect back off the Earth's surface, the cooler the Earth will be. One of the big issues with the polar ice caps melting, if you look at a picture of the Earth taken from space, a majority of the Earth is pretty dark right? Mm -hmm. The oceans are blue. It's a fairly dark color, so it absorbs a lot of heat. However, the polar ice caps are white, and they reflect back a lot of that sunlight into space. And it has been shown that if you, the more light something reflects, the cooler the object will be. So they want to start painting things white to reflect more sunlight back into space to help with all the global warming that we are having. As the ice caps melt, a lot of that heat that they were reflecting back into space is now being absorbed as they're melting and ocean levels rise. It's going to be absorbing more and more of that heat, keeping the earth hotter. The inventor of this new whiter than white paint says, hey, if we could just paint like 1% of the surface of the earth white with this paint, we could go a long way with trying to cool the earth by painting it white. You say, we could just take some land somewhere that's not being used for anything, like a just a wasteland, and just paint it white <laughs> to start reflecting light back into space. Well, it could also become standard on all buildings, and you could backdate it and paint pre-existing buildings and make all new buildings have that. And they will probably end up doing stuff like that in the future, and we're going to have to fight climate change any way we can. This seems relatively simple. It's true. I'm in all favor of painting it white, and uh, maybe the Rolling Stones will release a new <laughs> song in honor. <laughs> they should. Of this they should. ultra white. I saw a red door, and I want to paint it white. There has already been a request by a museum to have an exhibit with this whiter than white, the whitest white, and Vanta Black, the blackest black, next to each other so people can see the two contrasts of the blackest black and the whitest white. So they want to display it. My question is, if you combine the two, would you get the grayest gray? You would have to, naturally. Like that logic says if you have the blackest black and the whitest white and you put them together, they would have to equal the grayest gray that ever did gray. (laughs) This is the grayest you could ever get. This is so gray. There was a question as to whether it would be possible for a museum to have Vanta Black in the museum because Vanta Black, there is a controversy around Vanta Black. Do you know what the controversy is? Um, 
Does it involve the Rolling Stones? It doesn't involve the Rolling Stones. It involves an English artist named Anish Kapoor. Okay, at this I'm not familiar with. Do enlighten. What Anish Kapoor did back in 2016, he made a deal with this company that produces Vanta Black because Vanta Black can only be made in laboratories since it is made out of carbon nanotubes and you basically have to grow it on the surface that you want to make black. He signed an exclusive deal with this company that no other artists can use Vanta Black in art. Anybody else can use it for any other reason. If they want to go and say, hey, I want to make this thing Vanta Black, they're like, sure, we'll make it. It's fairly expensive to do this process. But nobody can use the Vanta Black for art except for this guy, Anish Kapoor. There was a big uproar in the art community when he got this exclusive use to Vanta Black. One of the people that said this is BS was another English artist named Stuart Semple. As a backlash against this Anish Kapoor, who was notoriously kind of a dick, Stuart came out with a color which he called the pinkest pink. You can buy it on his website through his store. Anybody can buy it except for Anish Kapoor. That is the stipulation. If you buy the pinkest pink, you have to sign a declaration before you can purchase it that you are not Anish Kapoor and you are not <laughs> buying it to give it to Anish Kapoor. Uh, how good is this pink? Is it's, it really it's good? It's super, super pink. It is the pinkest pink. <laughs> but the controversy goes on because, of course, Anish Kapoor was able to get his hands on a bottle of the pinkest pink. And when he did, he posted an image on his Instagram. He dipped his middle finger in the pinkest pink and then took a picture of his middle finger next to the bottle of pinkest pink, basically saying, fuck you, I got your pink. I put my fingers in your pink. I drink your milkshake. Wow. Um, that's petty. Uh, I... I'm mildly amused. It does seem like people that have a lot of spare time on their hands, but they got a lot of good publicity out of it. I wonder how much of it was sincere and how much of it was them hamming it up. I don't know. It seems to me that there was an actual rivalry between these two guys. Since then, they have come up with Black 3.0, which they claim is the blackest black paint in the world. So you can actually use this as a paint it's a black acrylic paint. They say that it absorbs 99% of all light. So it doesn't absorb as much light as Vanta Black, but it absorbs 99% of visible light, which is pretty damn black. Again, the only person in the world that cannot buy this paint, Black 3.0, is Anish Kapoor. Anish Kapoor cannot have Black 3.0, even though he already has Vanta Black. The benefit of Black 3.0 is that it's a paint, whereas Vanta Black has to actually be grown on the surface. Not just that, Stuart Semple opened an art store in London called Art Shop. And whenever the shop is open, there is a guard posted at the door of the art shop 
with a picture of Anish Kapoor, just in case Anish Kapoor tries to get into the shop to buy paints, the guard <laughs> compares you to the picture of Anish Kapoor and says, okay, you're not him. You can go inside. But before you can go in and buy anything, you also have to sign a disclaimer saying, I am not Anish Kapoor, nor am I going in to buy anything from the shop for Anish Kapoor. What if, because he's an artist... Anish Kapoor also happens to be good at disguise, and he disguises himself and is really good with makeup and gets a wig and walks with a limp and changes his gender and sneaks in. How good is this guard? Is he an Anish Kapoor expert? I don't know. Maybe he'll ask trick questions. (laughs) I knew you were Anish Kapoor all along. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for this. It wasn't for you meddling kids. Yes, exactly. So I I found that art rivalry to be so weird and entertaining. It's almost an art piece of its own. These guys going back and forth being like, well, I got the pinkest pink. And he's like, fuck you. I put my dick in your pinkest pink. (laughs) It does kind of seem like an art piece. Yeah, Uh, for sure. I like it. I'm just happy we have the whitest white now until somebody develops a white that can reflect more light. So let's start painting the world white and maybe it'll solve our climate change issues and my hometown will stop burning down every year. Those are my Batman-related stories that I have for you this week. Do you have anything Batman for me? What I do have for you is a little bit of a callback and an orgasm cult. Okay. I'm all I'm down with any cult that likes orgasms. Well, I did talk about the uh, children of God and our sex cults and religious perverts. They were big into the orgasms, but that's also a pretty bad cult. Interestingly enough, I am going to reference Children of God. I see. Have you heard of One Taste? Um, Are they better than One Direction? (laughs) Well, to be fair, Harry Styles came out of One Direction, and Harry Styles is a fucking banger. So maybe, I mean, it involves millions of dollars and orgasms. One Taste is actually an orgasmic meditation group. Mm Mm-hmm. That was making millions of dollars at its peak and, in fact, was endorsed by Gwyneth Paltrow and Khloe Kardashian. Well, we both know that Gwyneth Paltrow has endorsed some ridiculous things in the past, some of which we have talked about. She probably is, if she is capable of regret, regretting endorsing One Direction, <laughs> I'm sure she regrets endorsing one direction. Regretting endorsing one taste because they have made headlines by facing sex trafficking and prostitution allegations as well as violating labor laws, and they are now under investigation by the FBI. That's what happens when you name your cult after something that a junkie would say. Just want a taste, man. Just just one little taste. I just need one You're taste. You're right. That doesn't that doesn't bode well. That is a really good point. Uh, one taste came together in 1994. Someone named Nicole Dadon joined a community of orgasm researchers, which okay. is this happened in California. If there's any place that's going to have a group of orgasm researchers, it would be California. Yeah. Were they trying to prove that the female orgasm is real? <laughs> Uh, no, uh, 
she claims that when she joined this group called the Welcomed Consensus, she was taught a technique called orgasmic meditation by a Buddhist monk. Mm -hmm. I've known a number of Buddhist monks. None of them have taught me secret underground orgasmic meditation techniques. But according to Nicole, this dude did. Was this kind of like a kundalini type thing? <laughs> uh, it is very specific. Uh, it is a technique where a woman undresses from the waist down and she lies in a nest of pillows hmm. and then she butterflies her legs open. And she has her clitoris stroked, usually by a man. Oh, of course. But sometimes by a woman. Okay. Very precisely in the upper left hand <laughs> section, basically the one o'clock spot. The one, okay. So, so I'm, you, I'm taking notes. Okay, the one o'clock spot. Spot, right? Okay. This this is the meditation that is taught from the lips of this Buddhist monk, supposedly from his allegedly. lips to hers. <laughs> you nest, you nest in the nest, you okay. butterfly open, you take one, you take your finger and you stroke the one o'clock spot for 15 minutes and a timer is set up. So okay. the sensation supposedly affects the same parts of the human brain as traditional meditation. She claimed that orgasmic meditation would end up becoming as common as yoga or regular meditation. Yeah, I, I could see I could see the moms dropping the kids off at school and be like, oh, I got to go hit my orgasm class real quick. But that's what ended up happening. It's uh, the community quickly grew to around 50 members. Most of them were in their late 20s and they were doing orgasmic meditation two to three times a day with various research partners. Okay. So men would stroke women and women would stroke other women, but nobody stroked men. It was about the, the power of the female orgasm as a way to make orgasm connection and sensuality sustainable to unlock the female orgasm would, I, I don't know, save the world, I guess, perhaps from climate change. Or if you could collect all that, built up orgasm energy you could focus it as a ray to, <laughs> to like blow up the sun i have been in uh i was in a wedding where we were all supposed to focus our orgasm energy out to heal the world for world peace yes yeah i'm not quite sure how healed the world was so as tempting as an orgasm cult where you were meeting two to three times a day Butterflying out with a 15 minute timer and having your one o'clock clitoris spot stroked, where it got even more interesting and more tempting was the money. Follow the, the money. money. The, the money became huge. An introductory workshop would set you back $195. And I know you think, okay, that's uh, that's reasonable. $195 if it involves orgasms and yeah. perhaps healing the world. Sure, why not? You could become an urban monk if you signed up for a week-long program for the sweet, sweet low deal of $2,000. Or you could train to become a certified coach of orgasmic meditation, and all you had to do was pony up $16,000 to be a certified coach. To learn how to stroke women's clit. Taurus in the one o'clock position with a timer. With a timer, and she has <laughs> to be butterflied. They they sold how to DVDs. They sold a special one stroke lubricant, and they sold pillow sets. Okay. And 
it being such a creature of its time, it was actually really popular with techies uh-huh. who had the money to spare to buy lubricants and week-long urban monk retreats and yeah. special custom pillows. They were able to pitch talking about having a new operating system for human connection. Mm. That was their sales pitch. And techies were like, shut up. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Here's all my tech money. As the money started to accumulate and the prestige started to accumulate, there started to be accusations of a cult of personality. I watched the TED Talk with uh, Nicole from beginning to end because, you know, like I said, we like to do research here. It, it, she just seems to say orgasm a lot and uh-huh. talk about it, it's almost like she's very pleased with the fact that she can say orgasm multiple times. And at the end of 15 minutes, you don't get much out of it other than she really likes herself and she likes saying the word orgasm. I'm kind of a little lost on the sales pitch, but the sales pitch was effective for sure. In fact, you could purchase a Nicole Daydon intensive for only, can you guess how much? For 99 95 99 <laughs> $36,000. What? Yes. I've been so, doing this freelance on the cheap for years. I don't need to pay 36 grand. <laughs> you are not worth $36,000. I am sorry. By 2017, One Taste had 150 staff members including salespeople. The downfall started when a Bloomberg investigation discovered that One Taste was engaging in high-pressure sales tactics, including urging customers to take out multiple credit cards to pay for courses, which is when you're charging $36,000 for private tuition in terms of proper stroking, and customers are saying, I can't afford it, and your response is, take out multiple credit cards, it'll be worth it for the orgasms. They allegedly referred to potential customers as marks, which is Mm -hmm. not very meditative. And accusations started coming out that female members of One Taste were being pressured to have sex with potential male customers in order to seal the deal, which is where you, you started to get the... The prostitution stuff, uh, customers were left in debt, uh, staff were being pressured to engage in sex acts with potential customers, much like children of God, being told that the orgasms would be so powerful they would alchemize and somehow make everything okay, I guess. And it turns out some of the female staff members are like, I'd like to not have sex with someone to get them to drop $16,000 on specialized pillows. So could you not pressure me for that, please? That would be great. Even though Nicole Daydon denied all accusations of cult-like behavior, she actually organized a series of events called Magic School, naming a handful of the inner circle of one taste as priest and priestesses of orgasm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, magic school, I'm, I'm not running a cult, but give me all your money. And if you're in her circle, you can be part of magic school and you will be a high priestess of orgasm. Mm-hmm. Now take out some more credit cards. A second Bloomberg investigation found out that in 2015, One Taste had paid a $325,000 out of court settlement to a former staff member who said she'd been ordered to sleep with 
prospective male customers. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the orgasm empire started to unravel what with all those pesky investigations, which really will take the wind out of your sails. And currently, they are not allowed to offer classes while the FBI is doing their investigation. But for a brief and shining moment in history, if you wanted to go in debt and take out multiple credit cards, you could pay someone thousands of dollars to teach you how to properly stroke a clitoris. For 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> for 15 minutes, exactly. That's what makes it meditation. Unfortunately, if they can't offer these classes anymore, that means that there is a void that needs to be filled. No pun intended. I see a business stroked, filled, filled, stroked in a meditative way. Yes, I see a business opportunity there for us. And you know what? Even if I don't make a profit, I'm willing to show people how to tickle a clit for no profit whatsoever. So we can form a nonprofit and just volunteer our time <laughs> for the good of humankind. <laughs> That's very thoughtful of you. As long as we avoid FBI investigation, we should be gold. Well, if we're not charging money, if it's we're doing it out of pure altruism. You're very altruistic. Yes, I'm, I enjoyed that about you. I'm very altruistic. I say that uh, we do have to insist that everybody paints themselves white. And then right, to help combat climate just change, help combat. and that's, also that's, that's our niche. Also, some some incense too is like that's what makes it meditative. You yes. got to throw in some incense. It's well, we got to do it outside so that they're reflecting sunlight. <laughs> wow, you're overspread open butterfly. <laughs> so we're doing good for the you're environment. Absorbing. It's already it's already getting complex. But uh, sure, let's let's wrap the podcast for now, and we can hammer out the details with All our right. new business plan okay, to well, well, save the environment through orgasms. Yeah, details to come. <laughs> Stay tuned. You can Stay tuned. Follow us and we'll... on social media and see when we unveil our grand plans for for that and and our uh, Faraday. Many other cage. fine things. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us once again. For the Dirty Talk After Hours, I believe you have a fine, jaunty, orgasmic salute for us. I do. Pleasure as always, my friends. We will catch you next week. Here is one orgasmic salute coming your way, over and out. Or no, just stroking, I guess. Just stroking <laughs> not, this time. Yeah, no over and out, all no right, in I'm, and out. Just, just stroking at <laughs> one o'clock. Yes. Or that's where I will leave you all. <laughs> have a great week. Thank you. Thank you.